Greetings, everybody. Welcome to another adventure on the Andy Demanda Show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Andy, I have one question for you, darling. Uh oh. Uh oh. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you have that Friday feeling? I have that Friday feeling. Yeah, that's what I'm talking I, about. I, I, I do. It's, it's another Friday show. Another. I can't believe another one. We're, we're, we're headed towards the end of July here, middle towards the end yeah. of July. And uh, times are moving. I just, it just uh, you know, whoa-wee, I can't believe it. You know, just going by so fast. It just seems like, you know, it's funny because we do these Friday shows and it seems to me like they just, you know, it was just yesterday we did our last Friday show and, and the uh, last Friday before that and the Friday before that and the Friday before that. You know, what we really need to do, I think, is everybody just... Everybody say orgasm loud. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, baby. So how you doing, Mr. Right. Kimball? Right. I'm doing fine. I'm doing real good. You my know, internet you, hubby? Uh, my, my internet wife? How I'm doing uh, great. You know, just, you know... Thinking about the Andy Demanda show all the time, conversations with you on the air and off. Just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Great to have you as a as a as a, a friend and a co host for all this time we've been doing the show. I think it's been over a year. We talked about uh, after the last show about putting together some kind of uh, of anniversary and um something to I'm, I gotta figure out when that when that was when you first joined the, the show with full time as as the Andy Demanda show. It's about yeah. over a year ago now. I, th- I think it was June or July of last year, you know, but uh and we were yeah, five I days. Think, yeah, we were five days a week for a long time, and then um, went to three, which is working out actually better for for I think our lives. Miss doing five sometimes, but uh, you know, if we generated more, yeah. you know what? We probably we probably could do five if somebody would uh, write a check. Excuse me, if uh, <laughs> 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 I didn't mean you. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it certainly makes the, the process um, more helpful, definitely. It does. So that's, that's a, <laughs> we are executing uh, on our plan. Yes. Thank yeah, you, William, we're for, for elaborating on that. And we are. We we truly uh, we are. We are yeah. executing our plan. Uh, so what is um, – what? we have an exciting show today. We have a couple of different uh, avenues that we're going to explore today, one being in the film, television, entertainment business, movie production, acting, the whole thing about, you know, producing movies and and we're going to talk to a a a guy who's uh, recently produced um, a film he's done others we've had him on the show before i think a while back <laughs> oh, i'm trying to remember you know it's funny because as i was saying hundreds of shows we've we've had got a lot of just terrific guests every single one of them from from mark lester who played oliver to to uh to our um uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had uh, uh, Del- Dolores E. Jordan, Michael Jordan. Dolores Jordan, thank, thank, yeah. thank, thank you, thank you. And uh, to, uh, yeah, lots of wonderful people. To, to, Ron Jer- we didn't have Ron Jeremy on the show. We had, we just talked about him. Right? No. We never actually on you. We're trying yeah. to get him on the show. We're, we're trying to get him on the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, um, got some other AVN news to talk about later in the show, um, which I'll talk oh, about. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, not not you know another a a a an established uh, woman who has appeared in over six hundred um, porn flicks was diagnosed with um, metastatic breast cancer, being treated, oh, living no. in her car, made, you know six hundred movies, doing well, 
the big fan audience ended up her career living in her car here in California and wow. um, was was found um, uh, deceased in, in her car from a, a single uh, gunshot wound. So he, she, well, wow. I'll mention the wireless guy, I think. We'll, we'll, I'll go back to that a bit later. Yeah, and, and that's been, you read about some of these folks, not that I want to dive into that industry right now, uh, but just real quick in passing, you read about some of these folks um, who have, you know, had their 15 minutes of flame, you know, more than 15 minutes of not flame, of fame. Did I say flame? Of fame. Um, and they flame out. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. They they flame out and they go and you never hear from them again. And some of them have just lived these these tragic lives after their experience. And some have made very you know great successes and made a lot of money and have actually gone on to host radio shows and done different things. And some have gravitated towards. Uh, um, you know, uh, generic films, you know, out of the porn business. Uh, but, but many have uh, have very tragic lives um, and have been yeah. outspoken about uh, and, and warned people about the, the dangers of getting involved in that business, you know, because uh, yes. it, it can be very attractive and there can you can make a tremendous amount of money. In, in I mean, there's, a, there's billions, billions, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. People are attracted yes. to, 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 um, to adult type of entertainment. And, and, that, and I'm not saying that in an unhealthy way. You know, I'm not saying, oh, you know, you got per- perverts who watch porn films, like couples, you know, men, women just are into it, they just watch it, that does anything, just, okay, it's kind of cool, you know, whatever. I'm not saying this is some kind of perverted industry. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. I think it's become more accepted now. And we make, yes. we have fun with it. You know, we have fun. We we do. And and we're not the only show that does, of course. But uh, um, but you read about some of the, the tragic lives and experience of experiences of some of the folks who have been involved in the industry and it just is uh, you know a, a word of uh, a warning and caution and uh, and we're, we're going to actually uh, we've been working on this too um, establishing a, a relationship with the avian for, for a few reasons I mean, to have some fun and and we we have a lot of laughs and, and do have a lot of fun on the show <laughs> because if we didn't we wouldn't be doing it and our audience has said hey we love what you guys do so we're going to continue doing what we do um, but we're, we're trying to get some interviews lined up with some participants in that industry to have some fun and have some interesting discussions and find out about their lives and so forth. And, and stay tuned to the Andy and Mandy show for the for these discussions, as we've, as we've had in the yeah. past, and we'll continue to do so in the future. And I don't want to I've been going on too long about that as it is right now. So let's move on. Um, tell me about what's happening in, um, in the UK. What's going on? Well, I am happy to report that our daily COVID cases are down for a fourth day in a row now. Um, so we had a record of 46,558 about four days ago. That's now dropped to 36,389 uh, daily infections. But they're saying that it's too soon to say if we've reached that peak point and uh, whether it's going to continue dropping. And, because, of course, if people hear this news here, they'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, great, it's dropping. Let's go do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. No, people, no, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. We mustn't do that. We must still play it safe and be very cautious. Um, so they're going to keep an eye on it for the next week or so. Um, the estimated daily growth rate shows signs of a possible slowdown. And so the estimate is that infections are growing at between 4 and 6% a day, down mm-hmm. from 4 and 7% last week. So mm-hmm. um, they are saying that um, national... National statistics based on swap in the community suggests 1.3% of the population or 1 in 80 people have the virus up from 1 in 100 the week before. So they're mm. going to keep monitoring this. We need to still be very careful. Um, this is a good sign. Let's just hope now that it's reached that peak and it is going to drop because they were predicting, as you know, 
um, a week or two weeks ago that it was going to reach 200,000 cases a day. Um, and that's a scary number, and that's not a number we want to witness right now. So um, mm. fingers crossed we, we stay away from that. Also, you guys have a firm in the U.S., uh, a clothing company called Lorna Jane. Heard that? Yeah, okay. So you've got yeah. stores there, and there are stores in Australia and um, another country, probably somewhere in oh, I think it's Taiwan, China and Taiwan. So, um, so this Australian company had been advertising that their active, uh, their active wear, you know, for working out and things mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. was able to stop the spread of COVID. And they had advertised that its clothing used a groundbreaking technology called LJ Shield to prevent the transfer of all pathogens, okay? So mm. it went to court, and the judge um, said that they were exploiting um, a lie, basically, and that it was potentially dangerous. And uh, so the owner, Laura Jane, has accepted the court's ruling and said that she was misled by their supplier to say that, you know, it protected everybody from the pathogens and stuff like that. So... Unfortunately, she's been fined a whopping 2.6 million for claiming Whoa. that their clothes prevented COVID. Yeah. Oh my God, that's quite a. Crazy. I mean, really? Oh my God! Even to make such a claim would be absolutely absurd. Somebody who owns a, a big store like that across multiple oh countries and makes a God. huge profit would be looking into, the, you know, her supplier's claims, you know, covering her own back legally as to whether this was of actual truth or not. So, you know... Well, you know, molecularly yeah. impossible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure if that was the case, other companies would be jumping on the bandwagon with, okay, so if they can make it, let's make the same thing and protect everybody from COVID, make millions of dollars. Um, yeah, so that that's naughty. That's with, not a very where, good thing at all. Where are these clothes made? Don't no, ask me. Ask China that question. Oh, oh China. We have a lot of mm. questions for China. Don't we, though? Hey, we, we, do. we For those of you who tuned, who uh, missed our last show, we, we, tried, we tried to call the China embassy, the embassy of China in Washington, and, uh, and uh, asked them these questions, and they didn't pick up on the last show. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can get, uh, get in somewhere and try that again uh, maybe, maybe uh, next week or something. We've got we to gotta talk to China. We really do. We've got to figure out a way to talk to China. We will. And ask Absolutely. Them, we, have so many, we have so many questions that are piling up. You know, we really do. <laughs> yes, we do. We really, Cases we are really backing do. up. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing they've said to us is... Uh, oh, my revenge is complete. That's why I've heard that part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless them. You know, China, yeah. you're not our enemy on this show. We have fun with Mm-mm. asking you things, but uh, it's only because, you know, you pop up in the news, my darlings, and uh, we're grateful for... You uh, listening and joining us, and uh, hopefully you see the the funny side of what we're sharing. Speaking of China, I meant to tell you this on the phone the other day. Speaking of Mm. China, um, they now uh, we now our our audience, two percent of our audience, two percent, and we're in twenty two countries. Two percent of our audience is in China now, and that you know grew from a few listeners to to two percent of a of a of a of a okay number of a pretty significant. To look up at the numbers anyway. 2% 2% is in China, no 10% is in the UK, and 70-some-odd percent is in the United States, and the rest is scattered around the world in small numbers and slightly larger numbers. Yeah. But let's just have 2% of our audience listening right now in China. Um, That's very cool. And, and, and I wonder if this is good or bad. <laughs> 
I wonder who those people yeah. are as that 2%. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Well, the mind is bogged. You gotta, think about these things, though, don't you? Like, who's really who's listening? and Who's listening? You know? Like, yeah. 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 Whoever you are, mm. thank you. We appreciate you anyway. We do. We do. <laughs> and it, could, like, it might be, maybe that's why they didn't answer their phone. Anyway. Um, oh, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Hey, um, I want to, you know, there's been, uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, we have a mask mandate back in place where to, if you're going indoors, you need to wear a mask. And if you're outdoors, mm. you don't. Um, this yeah. was lifted June 15th, and uh, where if, if you're vaccinated, you didn't need to wear a mask anywhere, indoors or outdoors, and yes. didn't uh, need to um, apply social distancing if you're vaccinated for all good reasons, because vaccinated people have not been getting ill. Uh, a very, 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 very small fraction of the population has been getting uh, um, affected, not infected, but affected by, by COVID. Um, to a point where they were able to say, hey, you know, our numbers were so small and the beds that were occupied with the coronavirus patients were, were all but, but empty, you know, just really going down big time. There were some, obviously, but going down. Um, and then the unvaccinated people blended in with the vaccinated people saying, hey, they won't know the difference in these people. And vaccinated people can carry the COVID virus and transmit it. Yes. They won't be affected yeah. by it to any degree. Um, and these unvaccinated people um, began to become sick. And these people... Um, created a, uh, a catastrophe uh, for everybody who did the right thing and got vaccinated. Now, because of the numbers rising in Los Angeles, they've mandated a, a, a mask policy in L.A. Now, um, in a national basis, um, you know, there's been discussions yeah. in the White House. There's been discussions in the White House. And let's uh, take a listen and we'll, we'll talk about this and elaborate further. Um, you know, the, the White House has been steadfast in their commitment to combat this virus and, and to stop the killing that it's done, you know, to stop it. Um, and you have to get vaccinated. That's how, that's how it happens. And these numbers have to get way, way higher than they are. And, and for, for a month about, you know, Biden and staff have just been, you know, Hey, the numbers are going the right way. We're starting to open up. And we have been across the country. The last month has been, you know, uh, until recently has been showing, you know, some real positive things and then bam, we are in a, a very, very bad trajectory uh, because yeah. of the people who refuse to get vaccinated. Uh, so there's been no national, hey, you know, we got to put the mask, you know, uh, mandate back in nationally, um, you know, and, and God forbid what happens to small business if we have to do a lockdown again. But this whole thing is because of these these stubborn people, these ignorant people who won't get vaccinated. They think uh, it's either the right not to, or they think that they're being injected with a chip that they're going to be followed by the government, or they feel that it's not tested enough. Um, if they don't want to get a, a vaccine, they don't have to. But these people are the folks that are getting sick and dying. There's many, many YouTube videos up there now from these patients who would not get vaccinated and they're in the hospital now on ventilators. Listen to what they have to say. Listen to the warnings. Hear, heed the warnings, folks. But let's take a, 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 a let's see what's going on in the White House as far as the discussions are concerned right now. Mhm. Mhm. Pretty good so far. Wow. Mhm. I'm impressed. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. I agree. Mhm. Uh, nothing. <laughs> anyway, so um, so <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know what they say. You know, there's a lot to be heard when you're silent. You know. Within the of silence. Silence speaks and all that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to work out what it is. <laughs> wow. But anyway, they haven't had any, uh, um, you know, there's been speculation about the discussions, but have they said anything? We heard it first here on the, <laughs> in the Amanda show regarding the relevance of what they've had to say. <laughs> <laughs> Only on the Amanda show. Uh, we speak the truth. Yes. If nothing's going to be said, then we'll, we'll, then we'll just play nothing. <laughs> You can make your own interpretation. Yeah, if they don't have anything to say, then we'll let you know that too, and we'll play it for you. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought you'd appreciate that. I thought our listeners would appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh god. So what else is going on over there, Andy? Not much. No. No. Well, there is there is a, a little also a overnight uh, camp here uh, in the United States, in the Midwest, um, mm. uh, eight week overnight, you know, sleepaway camp. Um, okay, like kids started uh, showing some symptoms of uh, COVID infection. Mm. They started testing right. and found thirty one thirty one campers under the age of twelve, and, and nobody's wow. serious. No, nobody's cold like symptoms. No, nothing serious. Okay, they're, they're, the kids yeah. will be fine, right? Um, Every single one of the 31 has not been vaccinated. There is no vaccine for kids under 12 right now. Or, or if that vaccine yes. exists in whatever dose, that it's not, it's not out there yet. Um, the, the camp is from kids, I think, 6 to 16, 7, something like that. Some, some single-digit, you know, early age to 16. Um, kids over 12, every single one of them has been vaccinated, over, over 12 years old. Not one case of COVID. Not one. Not one. Whoa, Okay. Mm-hmm. 31 cases right. for kids under 16, under 12, excuse me. Under yeah. 12. Well, they were, um, they're planning to vaccinate children here, like I mentioned on the, the previous show, yeah. um, mm-hmm. for 12 and over, because kids are now starting to experience the, the symptoms of COVID. So that's mm-hmm. an interesting twist in events, really. I, I guess it was expected, the more mutates and things, but wow. Okay. Pretty cool, and uh, there's mm. a couple of news items. But before I just realized, I just realized before I was uh, when I was talking about our guests because um, I want to stay tuned and, and I want you to stay tuned for their introduction as well. And on the second part of our show, we're going to have uh, our, our uh, stock day trader, AMC Squeeze, uh, GameStop, and so forth, a guy who's been on the show with great enthusiasm. Needless to say, about what he's doing and how his investments has turned out. And he's sharing that information and letting everybody know what he has done. And we, again, we, we're not going to give advice out. We're not financial advisors. We're not licensed to do so, nor do we, but we just share experiences, and that's all Lee does on the show. And uh, that'll be the second half of our show. So the second half, we're going to have a guest on speaking about uh, about what's going on with AMC and um, uh, GameStop and so forth and day trading. And our first guest is going to be talking about the um, the entertainment uh, business, the film business, acting a movie that he just made that's out there now, making some noise. So it's kind of a fun show that we have lined up ahead here. Absolutely. In Amanda's show, yeah. Um, I've been so. excited all week for this. Excited. Cool. Excited, yeah. yeah. It, isn't it kind of fun? It's kind of fun. Yeah, we have, as Cornell was telling me, I guess, yesterday, uh, Cornell's our um, our show coordinator who does, you know, all, all I do is get behind the mic. I have no idea what happens behind the scenes, folks, to be honest with you, as, as Amanda and Cornell will attest to. They, they, I, get, I get their text up saying, oh, yeah, good idea. Hey, that sounds like fun. That's about all I do, right? I say, oh, yeah, good. 
and sometimes, you know, Amanda says, here's, here's the kind of questions, here's the kind of conversation. I remember you did this yesterday. Um, I, I'm going to have with this guest, and I sent her back my ideas. <laughs> Which I don't know if you want to make public. <laughs> it did have me laughing a lot, i got to admit. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But yeah, it's, I've been so excited about this and, and, and letting everybody know about this, this show. What a great start to our weekend as well, having this, this multitude of wonderful people on our show today. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is, and our, and our, show, uh-huh. our number here to, to, to ask our guests questions because we know you don't want to ask us anything obviously or talk with us for whatever reason don't know why yeah, right? if you that. our number is 515-605 yeah really 515-605-9888 give us a call get involved we'll talk about anything you want to talk about don't worry about what we're talking about you know we, we you know things cross our mind we talk about it we're unscripted we're raw we're unrehearsed we have no agenda really we talk about what's in the news obviously but but not as news reporters just giving our own you know comments and two cents and uh you know, and on the rating for our show, our rating for a show is... They, they said it had a D-minus rating from the Better Business Bureau. I said that's not true. It had an A. That's an A. <laughs> and that's because... Thank you, Trump. Thank you. Thank you, really. Um, because, uh, cause, you know... Listen, uh, this is the way it is. It is. It is. Well, yes, we agree with you. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Trump. Yeah. Um, but if you want to get on the program, 515-605-9888, if you have any comments, suggestions, you want to get onto the program via the internet, if you have a headset, microphone, blah, 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 uh, you do so just by uh, sending us an email during the show, show at gmail.com, and we'll have send you a link to, to join us that way. And we've had guests who have joined us uh, on the internet as well. It works out perfectly fine. We can hear you just like you are on the phone. And uh, yeah. we're always open to your ideas, suggestions, comments. We've had some great comments. We're so glad that people have really enjoyed uh, listening to what we do. We've had some real good comments and suggestions, and we're looking forward to receiving yours as well. Again, the uh, email address is Andy and Amanda Show at gmail dot com. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, we're one uh, big family. Yeah. We are. Don't be don't be shy. Come say hello, and we'll give you a shout out. You know, we will send us your name or something in a, in an email, and we'll be like, "Hey, how you doing? Thank you for joining us, and give you a shout out on the on the show." It's always nice yeah. to hear your name. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely acknowledge your 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 uh, you as a listener. Uh, if you just want to, uh, you know, let us know that you've heard the show and what you think, or maybe not, uh, what you think, and um, <laughs> be, be and, nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, we're, we're nice. You know, we yeah. can do is be well, we, the we, same. Yeah. I think we're nice people, Andy. Yeah. We are nice people. We are. Um, yeah. Do you know what I was about to say? Mm. Hang on. Wait a minute. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> no. Mm. Sorry. I tried. Uh, anyway, um, here's what – I guess in all seriousness, I really should play the – I like the idea about nothing coming out of the White House because what you're about to hear <laughs> is, is truly um, nothing coming out of the White House. <laughs> and somebody confused me after I play it. So here, here's so what we did before is I played you what what actually has come out of the White House. Nothing, you know. <laughs> I can play it again if you want to hear it. Um, <laughs> I could do that. Um, or if you actually want to hear um, a, the discussion on what what is going on behind the scenes, <clears throat> which is which is really nothing. Do you know how much nothing there is in the news? And that uh yeah. You know what I mean? There's so much nothing yeah. in the news. And um if 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 that nothingness was really played, there's discussions, but what 
what actions, what actually has occurred? I mean, so I'm not I'm not denouncing every news. Obviously, things happen, changes are made, you know, policies go into effect. People, there's crimes and good things and bad things that happen that people talk about. But basically, when they talk about well, this, this, and this, and there's so much of well, and 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 mm-hmm. and it culminates yeah. in, in nothing. That if they actually were to play the nothingness that happened, that I think 70% of our news shows would be radio silence. <laughs> you know, and you heard the first example of that here on the Andy Demander Show. We're going to hear right now what actually is going on at the White House. Sure. Discussion. What should be done with masks? Now, it was categorized to me by West Wing aides that these were for routine discussions. They've been having them every so often in weeks just in terms of overall policy, health policy in response to the pandemic. But they have taken on a heightened urgency the last couple of weeks as the Delta variant surges across the country. Now, no decision on masks were made. The White House has made clear. They have said that they are deferring to the CDC. They're not interfering. They're going to let the CDC make, issue the guidelines, and the White House will then support them and push those out. Uh, to this point, those guidelines have not changed. Unvaccinated people or to wear masks when they're indoors. Vaccinate people, there's no recommendation that they do so yet. There have been discussions, though, and certainly there will be further talks in the weeks ahead as to whether that could change. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, notably, was asked about this yesterday, uh, and she, though she said nothing was on the horizon, she did not rule out the possibility that there could be a change down the road, even if she was downplaying the nature of these discussions, saying, look, of course, you would want public health officials to consider all options. She said it's not imminent, but this is obviously something that they're watching very carefully here, and it would be beyond the public health crisis, a real complicated political moment for this president who just a few weeks ago was declaring our independence from the virus, who still has his administration pushing these vaccines to those hesitant or refusing to get it. And of course, if masks come back and more lockdowns come back, that would damage the economy too. This is something this White House is watching very carefully right now. They know we're at a crucial inflection point. So you tell me what was said. Well, I'm still trying to work that out, Andy. <laughs> and we have. I want to pick up. I want to pick. I want to pick this. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Uh, hello, greetings. You're on the show. This is Andy of Andy and Amanda. We have Amanda in the UK, and you are. Hello. Uh, hello. 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 You, oh, they just dropped. Is it hey. us you're looking for? Clean mm, up. Oh. Anyway, and I want to skip right from that oh. to um, so so again, uh, what getting back to what I was saying? Yes. Um, what so what do you conclude outside of nothing from the clip I just played? Nothing, Andy. Sincerely, <laughs> <laughs> <So>, nothing. <laughs> so now I'm going to play the first time I, the first thing. No, nah, I won't do it. Anyway, the first clip I played was silence because uh, it was basically um, nothing. You know, I, I'm just, the point I'm making here is that, you know, once if, if you decipher, if you go through all the news and you figure out everything, this person said this, this person said that, what's going on, so mm-hmm. much, so much um, is nothing, you know? And, and, and here's, here's the tragedy of that. And this is getting to, I guess, my point, is that so much divisionism, so much division has occurred in this country in the past, you know, years, recent years, four mm. years, you know, preceding Joe Biden. Yeah. And, you know, 
the the race racism discussions, all these things that are happening. And there's things that are, that are being brought to the surface and things that are being given attention that are well deserved to be given that attention. But you wonder how. And and I guess really getting back to the big picture, this lie about an election being stolen, about Trump not causing insurrection, all this. Yeah. All the conversations and the news reporting regarding that has been really based on people's opinions of, of really nothing. And there are institutions and organizations that are fact-finding and get to the fact and make changes and do things, and that's what we need to focus on. Not you know, conversations that lead to people believing things that aren't true – where yes. nothing is really said, but I'm, but nothing's really said. But I'm. But then you go into thinking a certain way be, based on the conversation. It really wasn't anything anyway. Anyway, let's we're gonna try to pick up this call. <laughs> Am I, I'm I'm not making. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, let me get to this call. <laughs> hello there. <laughs> You're on the Andy Demand. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Greg Christie. Greg Christie. Hey! We finally got you. Here he goes. We've been. How are you doing, Greg? And welcome to the show. Hey, uh, it's glad to be back. Glad to be on the show today. How are you guys doing? It's been, we're doing fine, thank you. We've been doing pretty darn well. Show's still going strong. We picked up more. I know you were on quite a while ago, and um, yes, I was. the show was just picked up. Yes, yeah, so much momentum. Uh, we're still going strong. We're in 22 countries. We have listeners around the world that are hearing our conversation right now. And the podcast of our show um, is uh, distributed by iHeartRadio and iTunes and Google and Alexa and Chrome and and um, iTunes and, you know, Spotify and on and on and on. So we're really, you know, it's really taken on a, a life of its own. And, um, you know, we're still doing it to it. It's so great to have you back on the show. It really is. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. It's great to be back. Oh, Give bless you, sweetheart. Tell us about what you've, what you've been doing. I know you have a new film to well, talk about and a new project. And- yeah, we just recently uh, got a wait to done. Um, it's now uh, available on Amazon Prime. So we hustled real hard, and we're able to get – we're very grateful for the people at uh, Amazon for picking us up, so we're real good there. Uh, since wow. We last talked, I, go ahead. That's fantastic because, you know, we were we were awaiting uh, the production of that. The last time you were on the show, we heard about it. It was a horror sci-fi movie, and uh, mm-hmm. now that it's actually seen the dawn, and we have no more awaiting, and i got to say that we, we're <laughs> excited to see it. <laughs> we're excited to see it, Greg. Um, but yeah, can you... Uh, you uh, yeah. I have to tell you, I love the commentary that was made about that. I thought that was great because I'm going to steal oh, it now. You. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but uh, can you give us a, a brief rundown on what it's about and the character you play, my darling? Essentially, uh, to Dawn is uh, it's about a troubled family. They've got little problems, as all families, I think, uh, across America and the world do. Uh, yeah. so they're traveling across the country, and they get hijacked uh, by what we'll call a desperate man who was, uh, was in the science world, worked for the government. Wow, and uh, and he's uh, he's actually running from. Uh, it's got a kind of a science fiction sort of aspect to it. So he's running from see that's from another uh, dimension, and wow. they come face to face. Yeah, come face to face with the family and our creature, and they are kind of locked in uh, in a scenario of who's going to blink first. <laughs> 
you know, I've got to admit, that sounds like my kind of movie because I'm into that kind of thing. And the whole, like, knowing that that, that person could come from a, another dimension in, in something like a horror movie as well can be seen as so freaking cool. But, I mean, the people, I know people generally find the, the horror genre fascinating. It's always been fascinating to me. There's a huge market for it. And we all sorts of questions arise for the, the average viewer regarding the roles played within that genre simply because it takes you sure. to extreme and other worldly viewing experiences right so what yeah, attracted absolutely. you to that role and how was your experience within that horror aspect of the movie well you know i grew up with you know watching a lot of horror films and so forth and i think the what attracted to me to the film in general was the possibilities that i've always thought that there are there are other dimensions that live upon us i mean as yeah it's real simple as we we hear about people saying that they're visited by aberrations or ghosts and they walk yes. among us and so forth and so on and yeah. until that can really be proven false because it's just it just can't be um yeah. the idea that it exists is kind of an interesting one so that we could possibly be visited um in various forms uh yes. surely appeals to me so there was that aspect of it. I got it was a great opportunity to work with a childhood uh, uh, kind of idol of mine, uh, Dee Wallace, who did. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and then I also got a chance to work with uh, with um, with Malachi, who was actually Courtney Gaines from uh, Children of the Corn. So those wow. were a couple of horror films and in science fantasy that I grew up on. And yeah. I was able to work with them. So in order so knowing I could pull them together for the film was uh it was kind of the added plus for me. That's exciting. I mean I grew up with watching Children of the Corn too, so I mean that's one of the legendary ones that sticks out in my mind. Absolutely incredible. That must have been so exciting for you. Okay, so It was. Um, it was. Yeah. Yeah. As an as an actor, okay, so we know about method acting and drawing on experiences in life to bring the character you play to life and make your role believable. Um, because of this, do you ever find it hard to uh, switch off from any role that you've played? Yeah, I mean, there is a, there's an aspect of it, sure, um, because you want to, you know, if you're shooting on a continuous daily basis, you yeah. have to maintain that character it's because, you know, you have to, sometimes you're shooting out of sequence. You know, films generally aren't done that you look at a script and we're going to shoot page one to page 150. Yeah. Uh, there are days, just, you know, you may start the production and you're on day, you're on day 30 in essence. Um, and then a week later, you're going back to, to, to uh, page two. So you kind of have to understand that characters sort of have to continually be there for you to continue to draw upon them so that there's a continuity of, of character. Wow. I know that's it's incredible. complicated, but it's, uh, it gets there. And then, yeah, I was going to say. Are, yeah. No, Karen, I was going to say, yeah, the complication of it all. Yeah, please continue, sweetheart. Yeah, it's, you know, there's, depending upon the... Certainly, some characters are much greater to, uh, you'll take a thought of Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot. It took mm. Daniel several several months to break away from that because of the depth that he goes through for certain roles. Um, but, you know, you try to, 
you try to realize that you do have other things that are around you, and so you you drop some of it. You know, you can't walk home if you're playing a serial killer. You certainly just can't walk home and be juggling knives in the kitchen while your <laughs> wife or your immediate other is uh, looking at you like, uh, just stay away from <laughs> Yeah, right? That's kind of scary because, you know, yeah. I've, I've, I've watched things like, of course, so many different types of genres of movies. And I, that, the question I've just asked you is something that has always been um, something that pops into my mind when watching a character play a really deep and, um, you know, specific role that it requires them to capture every essence of, of that character on screen. And you hear about people in Hollywood, especially um, Jim Carrey with his role that he had playing, I think it was Jim, um, and how he had a hard time breaking away from the role that he was playing. And I know that that caused a great stir in Hollywood um, regarding, you know, his mental health and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, sure. um, I always find it very interesting how deep you have to go to play a role. And I'm absolutely in awe of any actor that can pull off a role so amazingly well that you just get so drawn into the movie and who they are. And then you're just a huge fan that Oh, I, I, oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, yeah. you know, I, I tend to look at those actors like Sean Penn's of the world, and you look at Spicoli that he did uh, many years ago, and and yet you look at the work he does now, and you see there's these huge changes in him. Obviously, yeah. from the character standpoint, but you look at what he's done, and you wonder what. What what are we getting? Who is this guy really as a as a human being, as as yeah. John Penn and Jim, let's say. But you know, the the interesting thing is you're not really playing a genre. So like not everybody yeah. who plays serial killer is a serial killer. Of so course, you have yeah. to find you have to find what is it within you that that will lead you to need the relationship value to the character. So when you're looking at a case of that, it might be something that you draw that as a child you didn't get touched in the kind of way from your mother that you that you needed. And when I mean that, I mean the gentle stroking of her, her hand on your arm. That when yeah. she said things, all right, and you take that feeling and you would apply it to something that that your that your your character is is going after. So even though he may be going after uh, like a Ted Bundy and, and the, you know, the different actors that have played that, they're yeah. looking at approaching the serial killer from a particular need. So right. it's the need play. It's not so much the circumstance because what will happen is the script itself, the story that you watch will unfold and it will tell you everything that you need to know about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. I find whole thing fascinating. Um, the other um, questions we have for you, um, acting and producing on the same project. Now, this is just sparked up in my mind, okay? Um, now, that, that's a really interesting concept and combination. How how difficult is that? Can you tell us more about your experience with that? Well, right now I'm laughing really hard. <laughs> I was going to say, I hear you chuckling away there. <laughs> It is a very complicated. I revel at at uh, my comrades who were able to do it, and 
certainly we don't hear any of that, and so I, I, you can't really you can't really gain any, and you can't really gauge your, your own ideas based upon them. But I will tell you, in the experiences that I have, um, there's producing, there's money investing, producing, there's a variety of ways. But when you have dollars that are on the line, and you're actually having to turn that off, and you're trying to perform. That is that can be a that can be a little bit of a of a of a, of a brain you know what because yeah. <laughs> you're watching, well you're watching things around you and when people stand around and you know yeah. and, uh, or they're not prepared and they don't come to the table ready it all that means is that as the clock is clicking so go dollars but yeah. that just means that you have to dig deep inside of yourself and you have to say okay I need to really you know, dig deep inside my character and block yeah. those things up, which in itself is a very challenging thing because you have to you have to find yourself so immersed in your character that you won't be thinking about stuff like that. Wow! Yeah, I can imagine the uh, the juggle between the two quite um, a difficult scenario. I mean, <laughs> I just trying to place myself in that situation right now, and I got to tell you, no, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe I'm just judging yeah. myself too harshly here, but. <laughs> no. Greg, was uh, oh, oh, was Wait Till Dawn uh, shot in California here? Was it an LA LA um, based production? So so, much, so many movies these days go to they get they get the okay to make a movie and they go up to Canada and and film them. Was this was this a uh, a film that was done in California or local, or regionally? Wait to Dawn was all shot in California, and specifically it was shot in the L.A. Ventura County uh, uh, area. Wow, the Ventura terrific. County. For those who wow. might be unaware of it, Ventura would be kind of just to the north, uh, westerly northern uh, county over from Los Angeles. So we I, shot a lot of the interior set stuff we shot in Los Angeles County, and then a lot of the exterior we shot in Ventura. We were fortunate enough to have the same. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop some stuff here, some sort of like name dropping. But we, uh, we did a lot of our exteriors in the same time that, or uh, in the same place that uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was uh, was shot. Wow! So, wow! It was wow! Big thing to walk around in uh, Tarantino's footsteps or. And Leonardo DiCaprio's footsteps, or oh, Brad Pitt. Wow. Uh, you know, um, plugging there. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, I did a, um, I, I did from Amazon. I was in a, um, uh, I casted to do a uh, commercial for Amazon Prime that was shot in a place I never heard of before, but in Ventura, Ventura Farms or something, where evidently a, ton, a lot of movies and films. It was like all this farmland, and we had. Uh, it was back the the commercial which I've yet to see. I got to see how they do this. Was um, a Napoleon um, era commercial where the French, you know, the whole thing and the Napoleon outfits and the horses and carriages and it was incredible. I, I hadn't been on set or done anything in a long time, but that was in Ventura and I just looked at that area and they said, oh yeah, there's a whole lot of production done here and I was like, wow, you you know, I'm I'm in L.A. and what do I know? You know, you, you do your thing here. In yeah, LA no, and, that's, that's very true. There's <laughs> a lot of my studios, kind of independent studios that uh, are actually all over the place. And you'd be surprised when you're walking, watching something, you're thinking, wow, this is uh, this is, wasn't shot in L.A. Because, you know, 
I get it. You know, Hollywood, yeah. L.A., that's like the big picture. That's what everybody thinks it's, you know, it's all about. But reality, it's not. It's, it's uh, you know, a lot of the big studios are there, but they, unfortunately, for for tax particular reasons, uh, we, you know, we shoot out of uh, we shoot out of state or out of uh, yeah, out of, out of, county of out of country. Talk, talk to us a little bit yeah, about because yeah. your 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 involvement both as an actor, producer, writer um, is phenomenal and unique, and and you know, and you kind of broken through and made some incredible, you know, uh, headway um, and, and breakthroughs in, in a very difficult industry to do so, and you've you've been very successful, and 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 for that reason alone, it's great to have you on the show as well. Um, Thank. You. And uh, yeah, really, I mean that in all sincerity. And uh, so, can you talk us through? Uh, so I know it's come up on the show before with listeners, and we've had people who've written screenplays and people who've written books. And it's, you know, I, what do we know? We sit here and talk about whatever comes from mind at that moment. But it's great that people <laughs> actually know something about what they're talking about. Um, so, uh, but but um, I'm, the, I'm uh, can you talk us? Can you can you talk us through um, the process? And what, you know, so you have this idea. Uh, do you take an idea to a book? Do you take it to a screenplay? And, and, and that's A, B. What happens if you have the book or screenplay? Who do you go to next? How does this become facilitated? Who do you get excited about an idea? How does the idea go from an idea to here's a check and here's a production you know, on Amazon? I mean, my gosh, that's incredible. You've done this. This is amazing. And, and you know, I want yeah. our listeners to know that this is no easy feat what this guy has accomplished here. This is incredible. It's great. Great. Yes, well, so go ahead. Certainly, certainly not to discourage uh, young filmmakers and writers and so forth that are out there. Um, your your opportunity, your your chances of getting a job, becoming a doctor, are far greater, far greater than they are to make any kind of money, any kind of whether it is money or fame or uh, notoriety. It's much easier to become a successful doctor or attorney than it is to land some of those things in, in the entertainment business. Yeah. Um, there are thousands upon thousands of, we'll just say actors, and you can, you, and and literally 1% of all of those actors that are out there are making an actual living. Uh, the, the rate right now is like, your average actor is, makes about $15,000 a year. Good luck. Wow. Uh, wow. So it's, it's it's a tough route, it truly. Is. It's very tough. I mean, writing a screenplay or, or putting a treatment together, there is a certain amount of luck to that. I mean, I would say there's quite a bit of luck to that because it isn't a patent. You know, well, I'm going to go down to the market and I'm going to be able to pay you know a buck twenty-five and get my half gallon of milk. So you don't have a particular place. You get luck. You you make connections. You get lucky. You submit to a variety of different places, and maybe somebody sees. So wait to dawn. I will use that as a as an example. Um, I just happened to know um, uh, Macho from. I just happened to have been in a class um, that I just happened to have taken because just as the steps went forward. Uh, we talked afterwards. I was interested in in financing a film. Um, we had a discussion. I liked the script. We worked on it quite a bit. We sent it through a couple of rewrites, and then uh, we put it together. Uh, we hired 
independent filmmakers, uh, meaning direct um, uh, cinematographers, sound, editing, etc. We went through a gamut of things. But it was a, it was, you know, it was a very fortunate and lucky break for all of us. And that's yeah. really what it takes is the lucky break. So there is no, there really is no patent formula. You just have to, you have to be more than anything. You have to be aggressive, and you, right. you can't, you have to not give up attitude. Yeah. I have a uh, a friend of mine. You know, I used to, uh, you know, having done the show for quite some time now. A lot of people know that I was a an airline pilot. I used to fly jets for a living, and, and while well, it was one of my careers. But anyway, uh, a good buddy that I flew with at the time went on to uh, for a very successful career with American Airlines and became a a captain and a and the go to guy on CNN. His name's Les Abend. Uh, when an aviation accident or incident or crash would happen, like the Max 8 and so forth, uh, the disappearance of, uh, of the jet uh, in the mm-hmm. Gulf. Um, you know, he, he's the guy that you saw on CNN. Uh, he wrote a, a novel called Paper Wings, and it had an aviation, um, had an aviation angle, but it was a detective, edge of your seat, um, kind of a you know, kidnapping, murder, mystery, and a, a pilot is involved as one of the characters. And he wrote this book distributed by Amazon and others. And, he, and we got to talking one day and he said, Andy, hey, you know, you know, I, I was reading the book. I'm saying, let's just make a great, great, um, you know, a TV series or a movie. And, and another friend of mine is a bandmate. I had a band for a long time. And that bandmate uh, is a guy who has been very successful as a screenwriter. As a matter of fact, responsible for many of the episodes of a show, TV show called House, of which he got an Emmy Award. His name's Larry mm-hmm. Capro. So I was talking to Larry. Oh yeah, and I was talking to Larry, and you know, Emmy Award winner, screen, you know, full time job with CBS. I forget the Rogue, Rogue something he was writing uh, recently, but anyway, um, so we were talking on the phone, and he was, you know, hard to even connect with him, and finally we did, and and he said, um, you know, he got the book, and everything. he says, Andy, you know what? There's a billion people out there with screenplays and ideas, and it is next to impossible. It is what, what you know, great, you know. He said, look, the book is not for me. It's not not, not anything I would do. It doesn't mean somebody else wouldn't. But he said, what you know, trying to get this book into into something is, you know, it's it's going to take you a whole lot of time and effort and good luck. Forget it. Ain't going to happen. Well, and I'm, I'm but if, if that was the truth, then nothing would ever materialize if that were true. No, I, never be it, I agree. With, and I agree with you. And which comes to the point of like with our film, the horror sci-fi is how many horror films do you think are, are, are thrown out there on an annual basis? There's a ton of them. It just, there has to be, you have to have something in your film that sort of separates it from something else. That's kind of a start because, as he was saying, you know, well, there's a lot of this, there's a ton of that comes out under under what your friend's book was about. Now, our was kind of fortunate because, A, it had a couple of things that were locked in. It had uh, it had a prequel. It had a sequel that was there. It had a, uh, an, a, a, an idea that wasn't really explored all that much so there was some room for it being slightly different but when it came so it's just you have to be lucky that somebody sees that there's a little something that's different and you know and i'm not knocking your friend's book by any stretch of the imagination but mm-hmm. unfortunately there is a there's ten thousand of the same kinds of stories and mm-hmm. to each individual and each story, it sounds really, really, really good. But how does it make a difference? How did what made House different than any other medical show that was out? There just has to be yeah. kind of a twist. Getting our yeah. film distributed was tough. I mean, it took literally, it 
two years to be able to get Whoa. somebody to say, and that was a lot of hammering on the phone. I personally, with a couple of my producing partners, were constantly hammering uh, distributors, sales agents, to try to find somebody that, that, that would, would take on the film. I got lucky with the domestic distribution that my agent happened to have put a film together, and she was in contact with a distributor, and fortunately, there's the luck factor. And luck is, luck is needed. I mean, the, the luck factor came in and said, she said, yeah, we, I love the film. I want to I wanna do something with it. How can we talk? What can we do? Yeah. And it kind of progressed there. I had better international uh, opportunities faster than I had the domestic. But it's just that. You, you have to, somebody has to believe in you enough that when they look at it, and that's the thing you can't, you know, you can't, you can't, it's not like putting a shoe on. You cannot count on that. It's, but somebody's yeah. there. It takes perseverance, and it takes a lot of effort and, uh, and, and fortitude to do it. Absolutely. I think you've got to have that strong mindset, haven't you, to just really yeah. believe in something, the project that you're working on, and just really push it and move forwards with it. It's incredible. Cornell Butler's on the line real quick. He chimed in. He's got to go, but I wanted to say hi. Hey, 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 guys, how you doing? Hey, good right. Right. Hey, what's up? How's everybody doing? Greg, thanks for coming on the Andy Amanda Show. Man? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Sorry I missed um, half of the show. You know, thanks for coming on on the show. Yo, dude, this show, I told you about your movie, man. I done watched it like three times. The Way to Dawn, it was awesome, man. Wow. I'm excited. It's going to be on my list to watch. Yeah. I hope you yeah. bought it all I need you to buy it every time you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy it. Just for you, I'm going to buy it at least four times. No. That sounds like I a plan. Definitely. Anything for my friend Greg. <laughs> my brother. <laughs> really appreciate it. What's that. up, brother really Andy and sister Amanda? <laughs> oh, we're doing very good in our little uh, Andy and Amanda show convent. <laughs> We're doing all right. This, 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 little, this little bubble we live in, the Andy Demander Show is doing great. Greg, what else? what's in the works right now? What's next? I know you're probably going to be focusing on this show, getting it out there, doing more publicity. Maybe, uh, maybe do, you, do you try to get on the talk show circuit, on the, on the Jimmy Kimmel type shows? And um, does that happen now, or how does that happen? Again, with a lot of uh, fortune and luck, I might get on to something like the Jimmy Kimmel Show. Having the opportunity to be on your show is, uh, is super, and it's much, mm-hmm. much gratitude. On this side, I'm doing that. Um, oh, you know, you. the thing is that you try to, you know, you try to, you can't put all your eggs in one basket and be just working on the one thing because inevitably that does kind of come to an end and you have to have something prepared to move forward. Right now, yeah. as an actor, I've got a couple of police dramas um, that I'm looking, that they're, that I've penned in to do. There's also uh, a comedy that I'm just waiting for a phone call to finance, I've gone through three producer sessions on it, so uh, wow. that may come come to happen. Uh, mm. The I can't really discuss the others only because I'm under an NDA, and for those who don't I understand. know what that is, I'm yeah, yeah. Under, we know. Um, and it's, it's, it's both of these projects have some some pretty well established stars in them, so they don't like to have anything said until certain things happen. If of I course. could. Do you, do you do 
when you get get when you see opportunities for acting, do you have an agent do this for you? Do you get actors access? Do you, which is folks a, a breakdown service one can subscribe to and submit uh, to try to get an audition, like LA casting backstage. I don't know. There's so many of them, I guess. Um, but how does how does that process work? Um, putting aside the producing of the film, but just as an actor, how do you go about doing that? What, what's the process? If I relied on on somebody else to make my career for me, it would never happen. So right. that sort of, yes, I have an agent. Yes, I use Actors Access. And for anybody out there that is thinking of being in the entertainment business as an actor, if you're not on Actors Access, you might as well just continue to watch daytime television. Yeah. Um, hey, Greg, <laughs> Greg, Greg yeah, I, I have a question for I got a question for you. How, sure. how did... Um, the big. How did you like working with um, the amazing film um, with Master P? I got the hook up too. How was he? Oh, with Master P. Yes. On, on I hook up too. He was. Yeah, he is great. He is a great guy. He's very giving. Um, people around him. If you want, if you wanted more takes, Master P said, "Let him shoot that again. Let him do this. Let him do that." Uh, I thought, uh, you know, see if I get the chance to work with him again, it would be just very thrilling. Yes, man. Mm. That's cool, Great. man. I'm a fan of his. Well, Aww. you know, it's it, it, it's like in anything, it's really, at least to me, it's very fascinating yeah. to see who people are in real life. You know, reality check here is that we are all kind of captivated by this image that we see, whether on a big screen or television. Um but you don't really know who those people are, which is the part of when when the general public or the people who are out to bash your careers and so forth, they don't know who these people are. And I'll tell you, people like Dee Wallace, uh, people like uh, Courtney, uh, Bruce Davison, I worked with Eric Roberts, uh, Matt sure, McGee, sure. worked with a few different people. Um, you get to see these people in a real life setting, you know, in between takes, uh, you're, you're sitting at, at the table eating, breaking bread, you're talking, um, uh, whether Eric likes this or not, I'll tell you a quick story about that. He loves pizza. So, uh, we would go out at times and have pizza <laughs> and just think that celebrities, they can't eat because they won't look good on film. Now that's, that's kind of a general rule to, to follow yeah, because that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he was down to earth, man. Remember we were talking when we was at the pizza place? Absolutely. So you know exactly yes. where I'm going with this, Jack, is that yes. he's, he'll tell you straight up, his favorite food in the world is pizza. And he'll yeah. tell you that he wants, he wants extra garlic and <laughs> extra tomato on his pizza. Yep. That, well, that's and he's down to earth. So down to earth. What a great, 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 great guy. Um, but, but you see... Master P, in his way, is very is very similar to that. Now, maybe I've been very fortunate that I've worked with some very down to earth people, but the reality check on that is is there more out there than people? You know, don't believe everything that you read, everything that you hear. These That's people cool. are good people. You know, they yeah. just they make movies for a living. That's what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, folks, speaking 
Speaking of movies, entertainment, TV, and film, we have clocks and timelines and schedules and we have to maintain here before uh, to get, move on with the show. And, Greg, I want to thank you very much uh, for being with us, and I want to get you back on the show. I'd like to invite you on. As a matter of fact, I had this idea while we're talking. It would be so great. Uh, I know it's been months and months and months since you've been on. And to check in with us, I guess, get in touch with, uh, with Cornell. Um, and, uh, you know, reality radio, let's, let's watch, you know, and listen to and talk about what you're doing, what your trials and tribulations are, what your successes are, what you're looking to do and talk because there's so many people who have a, an interest in acting, in entertainment, in film, want to get to know the people behind the scenes. I mean, it's huge and it's been huge on the show. When we have folks of your caliber and emerging actors and producers, uh, on the show, it's always been very good for our, uh, for our numbers actually. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, we love to get you. We'd love to get you back on. Uh, we have to move on now. We're going to bring on our next. We're going to go from the from the film and entertainment business to to the investment day trading and and AMC and and uh, and GameStop with Lee Van Dusen and a special guest Will Loback, investors. And um, Greg, if you want to hang in there and and be part of that conversation, you don't you don't have to go. Uh, you know, you can hang in. I'm not going to kick you off the show no, no, if you no, want to hang I, in. I, I, actually, I. We have a, another phone call that I, ha- I do have to take. Okay. But I want to say no. thank you very much, three of you, giving me the opportunity to talk about the film. And I would love to come back again. And we can shoot for a whole bunch of different contexts or conversation or whatever. But uh, Absolutely. Just, I tell you Absolutely. to shut that guy up. we got to move on. we got to move on. <laughs> all right, Greg. We love you, Greg. Right. Thanks for thank joining us, so Stalin. Thank you. Bless you all. Take care. Thanks for being with us. We'll be in touch for sure. Thank you. Yes, folks, Greg Christie, the film is Wait Till Dawn. I just saw while we were uh, talking with Greg, I watched the trailer on IMDb, and wow, it looks fabulous. I have not seen it yet. I will. It's been so busy with everything else we're doing. I'm going to see it. I I know Cornell has seen it. Um, and, uh, I've seen it three times, guys. See, we're going to, and we're going to have Greg back. What, it's so cool to get, like, you know, talk to somebody in the movie. You know, we saw, we see movies, we watch TV, and to talk to people who are actually doing it, who you see on the big screen, and they join the Andy and Amanda show, it's fabulous. Just as fabulous as the conversations we've been having. What a segue. God, you think I do this for a living? What, uh, <laughs> just as fabulous as <laughs> 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 That was good. I got to run. I got to run. You got to make that look good. Okay, my darling. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye now, Cornell. Speak soon. Definitely. uh, See you now. We'll be in touch, Cornell. Thanks so much, man, for joining us again. Um, That was a good segue, talking about our next guest, Lee Van Dusen and Will Wilbeck, who – and and Lee has been on the show – um, several times now talking about the uh, day trading, the stock market, the AMC squeeze, GameStop, and we he's had us like our, our energy and our adrenaline running. This guy is the Mr. Personality of the investment world, and it's so great to have him part of the show. Lee, welcome back. Hey, hey how's it going, guys? It's hey, going. Hey. It's going. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Woo, it's good to be back. <laughs> oh, yeah. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're, we're doing, doing great. How was Mexico? Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. <laughs> I'm well tanned wow. and burnt. <laughs> I'm just a little jealous right now. A little jealous. <laughs> I got the margaritas out of the way for the show. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Send one over. Send one over, darling. <laughs> you, you had, yeah, you felt you were you were in, in you were in Mexico. Wait, you were in Mexico. It's a Democrat hoax. 
No. <laughs> anyway, so how's it going? Let's talk, man. Uh, I know you've got a guest with you today who's joining us. Will uh, is online, I believe, yeah. right? Yes, so, sir. Um, nice to meet you both. Nice to meet hey, you. Will. Great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for joining sure. us. And let's talk about the, the subject at hand, and that is um, what's going on with the AMC, GameStop, day trading, the market in general. Um, and uh, Liam, we'll turn it over to you. All right, so I've got you know I've got my mastermind with me uh, as one of my best friends. We we grew up our whole lives together. Uh, chuffed him with you know just about anything. So uh, I definitely want to uh, you know hand, mm-hmm. hand this over to him and and get started mm-hmm. with uh, you know what's going on with AMC and we've got some really exciting news and uh, he just kind of wants to you know we want to break it down so the average person can understand exactly what's going on here and uh, Will is here to do just that. That Thank would be, you. That would be well, very helpful uh, for me. <laughs> you know, I, I, whatever my original intentions were in investing in, in AMC and GameStop, they have yeah. changed. I just want to see what Lee will do as a millionaire since the guy's in Mexico and <laughs> Las Vegas every other day with a normal work schedule. I, every time I call him, and I, I, where are you? And he goes, oh, I'm in Vegas. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I mean, it's just a place to jump in. See, there's, there's so – what's happening right now is so mammoth and has been so absolutely uh, misrepresented uh, with, with good reason. Um, I mean, this yeah. really is the – this is the David and Goliath story of our time. Make no mistake about it. You're watching history unfold. The reason you may or may not realize the, the – the gravity of that situation is intentional. Uh, this, is, this is the people versus Wall Street. This, is, this, is, this stands to be the greatest transfer of wealth in stock market history. It also um, has, I mean, when I say we pulled back the curtain to see the man pulling the strings, and then we're not stopping until we burn the whole building down and show the whole world the... The manipulation, the theft, the lies, um, the, the human cattle that the average person has become to a very large and powerful section of the United States economy and those who enable them and, and, and look the other way. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have no problem dropping bombshells such as Ms. Mm-hmm. Janet yeah. Yellen, the head of the United States Department of Treasury, can anyone please explain to me how she can justify four times her annual salary in speaking fees by hedge funds that she is supposed to be a police officer of? If that's wow. not a conflict of interest, we, we haven't even gotten started. This is, and what mm. happened in 2008 is happening again, and it's happening in front of your very eyes. The only difference is intelligent, capable and frankly, courageous. Now, I'm a United States Army veteran, 2001 to 2007, and I have not felt this Mm -hmm. connection to other people since my time in the service. The the strength and the the unification of what we've been called a million things. We've been called apes. We've been called day traders, which is inaccurate. We've been called uh, meme stalkers. First of all, define meme for me. And, and then I would, I would like to say, what about momentum investors? How about we're momentum investors? Because so far, 
All we've done is believe in a company and buy stock in it. And if that breaks the damn system, then maybe the system is the one that's at fault because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, the, the say... strength and the unity here is it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of. Yeah. I would say you're badass yeah. humanitarians, basically. You know, you're doing your thing. You're, you're sticking up for, for the average Joe who's trying to make it in this world, who gets denied so many opportunities, you know, um, and it's, 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 it's kept for the, uh, you know, it's, it's seen as kept for the, the elitists, you know, those in, in corporations and things like that. So when you see something right. like this taking place, it is thrilling. It is exciting to see such a shift taking place and changing. I mean, I, I gotta admit, even though I'm not part of it, I don't study it all, having you guys on the show talking about this is thrilling. I got, I got the hairs on the back of my neck wheel standing up yeah. listening to this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. absolute right now, saying, Sergeant, yeah. thank you very much. So, so this book, we, 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 and, 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 you know, this is worldwide. You know, we, yeah. there, there are, um, for, 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 um, I guess, continuity. We'll, we'll call ourselves apes because that, meaning people mm-hmm. that invest in these, um, rebellious situations. There are eights yeah. around the world, and and yeah. the uh, what what also was absolutely incredible was there have been so many attempts to break down our group. Now I'm a psychologist by education and, and trade, and mm-hmm. uh, the 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 psychology that has been applied is is, is psyops. It's it's psychological warfare, and it, and in the beginning, the early attempts to divide us uh, through racial terms. Man, that broke down real fast. Again, I yeah. go back to the military. This yeah. situation in the military were the only places I've ever seen where we don't care if you voted for Trump, if you voted for Biden, because all of us are beyond that. We see now that they're absolutely irrelevant. I they're love not it. who's running the show. It's the yes. poor versus corrupt Wall Street. That's who yes. the fight has always been about, and our eyes are open to that now. It's worldwide, and... Um, I, I'm sorry. I, I realize I have a tendency to, to tangent and, no, and to no, we're loving this. keep talking. No. So I'll, I'll, no, I'll no, stop sorry. and wait for. No, no, it's trying no, to make that, it more no, of a no. conversation. For, for our for our our listeners, and, and we've gone over this uh, previously with Lee. Um, what, you know, we've we've heard about this GameStop, this the the, the hedge funds right. being selling short. Let's just re, we, we've done we've gone over this in the show before, but for folks who are just tuning in now and didn't hear those shows or didn't hear the podcast of those shows, let's just review you know a, a quick summary sure. of what this whole thing is about from from the beginning. Let's, We're, let's now, see if I can do it in thirty seconds. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know the saying: if you can't explain something in thirty seconds, you don't understand it well enough. So, right. so, so let's like see if, if I can do it. Mm-hmm. At, okay. uh, there are, there are. It, consider the stock market. It, people may not realize that a stock price is determined by investors' faith in the company. That's all it is. It's a computer algorithm weighs out buying and selling of the stock and tries to make an educated guess about the average person's belief in the company. Well, it, it's a fair system. You can bet against the company, which is shorting the company, which simply means. Um, you're taking a position, you're making a bet that the company will go down in value. Or you can place a long position. In other words, buying stock. You believe that that stock will be worth more money. You're long on the company. You're either short or you're long. Both are necessary in the same way that two teams are necessary to play a basketball game. Okay, there's got to be an opposition. Fine. Mm -hmm. However, the difference in what we're dealing with is a... Um, the, the, the stock market is broken up into a series of hierarchies and 
toward the top can, of something known as a market maker. Well, can can they have abilities that the uh, – uh, Let me okay. ask you a quick question. I just want to back – hold that thought. Yeah. Hold that thought. Don't, don't lose where you're at. Just, I want to step back just a couple of seconds because what I want to do for our listeners is say well, if you let, – let's say if, if I just heard you, I would say, well, you can, you can, you can bet against the company. I go to the casino and, and you, you, know, you bet on red because you think it's going to land on red or bet on black because you – whatever. Now, if you bet, that means I'm, am I actually investing in a company to – well, how's that working? So I'm going to say, hey, I think well, this company is Well, that's a good question. And, and it, it's actually it's, – it, there's two answers to that because there's two ways to, quote, unquote, bet against the company. An mm-hmm. actual bet is called a put. It's an option. See, what they do is they use complicated words to make it sound more complicated than it is. It's a bet. Yes. You're <laughs> betting that the company will decrease in value. That's a right. put. Another way to okay. say that, that's the derivatives market. It's a bet. <laughs> it's sports betting is what it is. Okay. So uh, what do I put my money? betting on a horse in a race. <laughs> where do I put my money? If I say this company is out of business, I'll bet a million dollars on it. Where, where do I put that million dollars? Well, there, you could either put a put, which is a, a contract, that says if the price falls to this price or lower, you'll be paid. You'll, that, that will expire in the money. Wow. And that means you win. Uh, you, you know, and the lower the price goes, the more you win. Or you can do what they're doing, which is intentionally making the company fail. Because make no mistake about it, you're seeing the predatory behavior of intentionally driving a company into bankruptcy, and it isn't the mm-hmm. first. Toys R Us was driven out of business. Sears was driven out of business to the point of buying a large amount of shares so that you can place your people on their board to make bad decisions to drive the company. That's one method. Another is having, let's say, a substantial financial interest in news organizations. I don't know why. Allegedly, the word CNBC are coming to mind right now. Motley Fool, which is owned by a hedge fund. Um, Jim Cramer. And all of these names that, that seem like these authorities on what to do with your money, but it's strange that it always seems to be in their interest what they recommend you do. Um, right. That they can, they can actually drive a price under it. I, I don't want to you know, talk offhand because I would need time to look into it. I'd like to sound intelligent on the subject. came forward with revolutionary medical advancements that were driven out of business by predatory short sellers. These people are – they're, they're the bullies of the stock market, and they decide. They decide what happens to our country, to our business, to our economy, to the world economy, uh, you know, in effect. Well, long story short, what happened was at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, the government in their uh, – <laughs> let, let's say they had good intentions of keeping the economy afloat. They gave permissions to an already all-powerful uh, uh, entity within the stock market known as market makers, and of course, they abused that authority. Their job was never to decide who lives and dies in this, in this business world, and they began um, shorting these companies into oblivion. The reason is they've always done this, and if a company goes to zero, if they effectively kill a company, they don't have to pay back anything. So Whoa. they were brazen. They were brazen, and they started doing what some, which is great that it's gaining traction. Mm-hmm. Uh, a phenomenon known as naked shorting, right? Which mm-hmm. is counterfeiting. That's the translation of that term. Counterfeiting. Mm-hmm. They're printing shares they know they cannot acquire. The AMC stock has been sold out for months. We've owned mm-hmm. the, the entirety of legitimate shares since 
probably May. Um, that's been confirmed by the New York Stock Exchange president, <laughs> by the CEO of the company, by failure to deliver reports. And in seven months of us fighting this battle, never once, despite all of their campaigns, including the most recent one where they're using the names of the victims of the Las Vegas shooting to, as, as bots on YouTube comments, I mean, it's disgusting. The amount of wow. effort that they, the uh, probably billions of dollars they've spent today included to try and scare us away and get us to let go uh, in this great tug of war, they've never once come forward and shown us how our data is wrong. They've never refuted our thesis. They've never argued our point. They have only mm -hmm. attempted to em emotionally and psychologically manipulate investors because we caught them. We have them by the balls. There's mm. absolutely nothing they can do. Consider, consider the analogy. If you came home and found a, 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 someone had uh, burglarized your home, mm -hmm. and you walked in and you locked the door from the inside and put the key in your pocket, and you're just mm -hmm. waiting for the cops to show up. There's mm -hmm. nothing that, that, assuming they don't have a gun or anything, you know, there's nothing that they can do. We've locked them in to their illegal behavior. The SEC, who is supposed to be the police of, of, the, of the stock market, and I'm not going to say that they're not involved because I, I, I work for the government. Uh, I know mm -hmm. their practices. They wouldn't comment if they were involved. But uh, at this point, silence is, is culpability. Uh, you need to say something. Yeah. Today alone, 91% of real people using their real money for a better tomorrow was redirected into what are called dark pools. In other words, if we were playing a, a, a video game and I had a cheat code turned on to where 91% of your points don't count <laughs> and you're still mm. beating me, I don't know what that says. Because <laughs> we're still winning. <laughs> Maybe play another game. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so let me let me let let's. I want to uh, uh, two things. I want to go back to one is um, uh, we were on. Uh, I think we tr first talked about the AMC squeeze two or three weeks right. ago, whatever it may have been. And at that time of right. the show, we pulled it up live on the show, and the stock price was fifty eight. It is now, right. and and I never heard. I didn't even know what. It, I don't have the only thing I'm aware of is. Uh, Tesla stock, and I don't own any stock, but I own a Tesla, so it's exciting to me what they're doing. So that's as far as my investment mm -hmm. career is gone. I don't own any stock right now. I think I may have something. Well, that's a heavily anyway. shorted stock too. So yeah, so so let's so let's so when we first had AMC, talked to AMC, it was fifty eight. It's now thirty six point eighty six. So if I had bought stock, let's say I bought a hundred shares, which I almost did. <laughs> I was so excited about it uh, <laughs> a couple a couple weeks ago. Well, you should have on discount. Yeah, thirty exactly. six point <laughs> eight five right now. So, so it's and and again, I want to you know say what we said all along. We are not advisors. We're not giving financial information. We're not making any recommendations. We're just and people sharing what their experiences are and what they would be doing and recommending to their friends in everyday life. This is not an investment advisory show because we're not investor licensed to do that. So I want to be clear about that. Okay, now um, if I if I so if I bought AMC two weeks ago, I would have lost twenty dollars a share. It's now thirty six point seven six or somewhere around there. Um, if I bought today, where am I going to be in two weeks? There's no way of knowing that for sure. I mean, of course it's a, that's why people don't. If everybody was a soothsayer, everybody running to the market and buying, you know, whatever. So there's sure. no way of knowing for sure. We all know that. We all know that. But in terms right. of the theory, in terms of the theory of what's going on, what what's what's going on with AMC? We're just we're just going to end okay. up. Okay. 
Yeah, and, and, and I'd like to talk about that because we, we have to be very clear here. And again, um, as you said, thank you. I'm not a financial advisor. Nothing I say should be considered financial advice, uh, but it is good advice. That uh, there are, this is the most manipulated stock that we're aware of next to GameStop. Uh, GameStop and AMC might as well be the same stock. I mean, you can watch their charts. They're identical. Um, the, the current stock price is absolutely irrelevant. In fact, I don't watch it. I just found out what today's stock price is through you because I don't watch it. And bear in mind, mm-hmm. I've made $80,000 in the last seven months through AMC. And I don't watch Holy it because crap. it's pennies on the dollar. It's meaningless. The reason is, is it's not real. There's a secondary set of books in which, remember when I just said that 91% of everybody buying stock in AMC today, it didn't count. Mm-hmm. It was thrown into the void to not count against the buying pressure. Well, the buying pressure alone, a stock is between five and $6,000. So would you trade a uh, golden mm-hmm. ticket worth five or six Gs for 36 bucks? Because Sign me up. I'll buy as many as I can. And I did. <laughs> and we do. <laughs> now, nobody knows when. Nobody has a crystal ball. However, I can say this. Every single day, more and more information comes out. The SEC is supposedly doing some sort of transparency effort, which refers to the dark pools on the 28th of the month. Um, there's also... Um, uh, an extremely exciting development with GameStop. And bearing in mind, it's the exact same short hedge funds. If one goes down, meaning if, if a squeeze occurs with GameStop, it's going to occur, occur with all of them because of the process. A squeeze will happen because a market maker or several hedge funds got margin called and liquidated. If you go bankrupt on one credit card, you're bankrupt on all credit cards, essentially. And that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One rocket would ignite the others. Uh, mm-hmm. No one knows when that's going to happen, but... GameStop certainly has something up their sleeve. Uh, their, their CEO, Ryan Cohen, the founder of Chewy.com, mm-hmm. is an absolute brilliant man. And uh, the, the suspicion and, and everything points to uh, a crypto-based dividend. If you remember Overstock, this yeah. is how Overstock shook loose there. And, and, of course, the naysayers will say, well, but they got sued for that. Yeah, and then they won. <laughs> they won that lawsuit. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so of course, right, there's no crystal ball. However, nobody should be investing in a stock with expectation to take gains in a day or two. I mean, that's what a day trader does. We're not day traders. Uh, We're long on AMC. We believe in this company. Uh, Just recently, I wouldn't, uh, you know, blame me if you don't know about it because the media only likes to talk about bad things about AMC. But we just acquired two legendary theaters in Los Angeles yesterday. We've had box office records for the last five months. I mean, people are losing over themselves to get back to the theater. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. AMC is now hosting live sports events. We did the UFC event with uh, Conor McGregor, and it was sold out at every single location it it played. Yeah, I understand. There, I understand that ticket tickets are selling hot at AMC right now for for Andy and Amanda show live. Of course. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, thinking that streaming is going to put theaters out of business is like thinking that records would put concerts out of business. They're two different things. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. GameStop is at, um, you may, might not have known, but GameStop's at 180.36 right now. So is it true that GameStop, GameStop, 
you know, everybody's uh, downloading every game, every video, everything you could possibly take. And I say when my kids were little, sure. we, every Christmas and birthday, a GameStop was on the list to get them the latest, greatest Madden or whatever. And and they used yeah. the PlayStation and the Xboxes. I mean, GameStop was, was always on the list every time we went to a mall. Dad, GameStop. Yeah. And now, and then Absolutely. since, course, since, uh, since, since uh, downloading, you know, wow, you know, I, I found that GameStop uh, was lucky if they could sell three videos. People just get them online. And uh, so they were on the way, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're on the way to bankruptcy. And a bunch of gamers said, no, they're not. And everybody ran and bought all the stock. And, and bam, like what you said, the belief in the company. And now let me tell realistic. you what they did with it. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. Yeah. You're right. But yeah. it wasn't just a cash grab. That's when Ryan Cohen took over. Bearing in mind, remember that he sold Chewy. I think for $3 billion, one of the largest e-commerce sales. The man understands he's a millennial. He understands today's market. And of course, digital, I'm a gamer. And I, you know, I love, well, first of all, I'm, Lee and I have been playing games together our whole lives, dating back to Nintendo. And he's a download a digital game because it's a convenient thing. But I, I like to physically hold things. I still buy CDs and records. I like to hold and manipulate it, look at it. But anyway, GameStop Me too. took that money reversed their bankruptcy and they're now over a billion dollars in capital and they just acquired two distribution centers rivaling Amazon um, and what they're doing aside from um, digital downloads because of course that's the way so what they figured out yeah. they can do is by using I know this is a little bit technical but by using non-fungible tokens which is essentially just putting a, a digital serial number that cannot be faked onto a file, they're going to allow you to trade in digital games too and buy digital games at a discounted price. But that's, they're going beyond that. See, they're filling the void of Toys R Us. If you go to GameStop's website, you'll see that they sell a whole lot more than video games. Legos, crafts, dollhouse stuff, uh, dress right. up, um, mm-hmm. yeah, plush toys. I mean, they're, they're expanding themselves, and their intention is to be Amazon – but with a customer focus, with a, um, you know, a, a completely revamped business model um, mm-hmm. that is, you know, uh, well, like, like Ryan Cohen said, you know, the reason they don't put out a lot of press releases is uh, talk is cheap. Watch what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. Wow. <laughs> this show, and then, and, and if, if you... If you if you touch back on you know the point that that Will was making, if you touch back on you know if it's at thirty six dollars a share or thirty seven dollars a share right now, the actual share price that has been proven is between five and six thousand dollars as it sits right now. So that's the <laughs> you're, price you're, that market makers are paying behind the scenes in those dark pools. Now you might ask, well, why wouldn't they pay thirty seven dollars in the open market? Um, bearing in mind, they sell in the open market. They sell their own synthetic counterfeit shares in the open market to make the price go down. But when you buy a share, they don't fill that in the open market. Everyone's been hearing about this for order flow. Let me, let me translate that. You go to a restaurant. Your waiter is your broker. Okay, that's, uh, for example, not alleging anything. Uh, they, they do have a legal team. Let's say your waiter's name happens to be Robin, last name Hood. And... Your waiter takes your order, I'll take 10 hot steaming shares of AMC, sir, walks it back to the chef, but the chef slips him a $20 bill in his pocket and says, hey, bring me your orders. That's payment for order flow. And then that chef has been spitting in your food. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nasty. <laughs> so so let, let me get to this. If if I can I go to um, Robinhood or whoever uh, Mark whoever my stock person or this online company and I and I bought a hundred shares of AMC, my I would be paying thirty six dollars or whatever a share, right, for my hundred shares, correct? Correct. Correct. And then and then I could sit correct. on it and for, for a year. For your purposes, they're real shares, whether they're synthetic right. or not. To you, they're real. But are they See, worth that's the problem. But are, are they worth anything? Uh, of are course, worth- of course. And when the time comes that they all need to be bought back, which the again everything that we're talking about, we are readily available with peer reviewed data reviewed by people with PhDs in economics, by mm-hmm. CEOs of large investment groups. Right now, there's this tremendous uh, – the movement has spread to LinkedIn, where mm-hmm. professionals with their credentials representing their company are starting to come forward and go, you know what, I know this is a good old boy system, but I'm, I'm tired of pretending like this isn't happening. This is disgusting. We all see this happening. All, the whole world is watching. That's in the – Financial yeah. world is watching this with their jaw on the floor. They've yeah. never seen. They've never seen manipulation like this. Well, anyway, our data is extensively reviewed. Again, they've never refuted mm-hmm. our data at all, and our data supports a, a a need when the squeeze comes, which is inevitable. Mm-hmm. We don't know when, mm-hmm. but it's inevitable. Um, mm-hmm. That they'll need to buy back potentially three to four times the totality of AMC shares. They have oh to buy God. back three or four times the float. They owe back potentially billions of shares. So that $36 share you bought, which if you were to buy that right now, it's completely counterfeit. It's fake. AMC was sold out back in May. Um, so, but so, they continue to sell those shares knowing that. Because they it, have so, to. So if I buy my shares today at $36, next week at 58 can I sell it at 58 you could. It would be a terrible financial decision, but sure. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying I, I could go back to my trader and say, okay, sell my stock. Sell it today. And I'd get 58. Of course. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. For okay. your purposes, it might yeah. as well be a real share. Yes. Okay. All right. Here's However, what we, have to, we have to wind down because we're beyond uh, our, our yeah, time yeah. allotment here, even though, even though we're going to continuing as a podcast right now, but our actual show is, is about to wind down here. Um, so here's what I'd like to do. Because this is a fabulous discussion, and we could go on and on, and I want to devote more time to this. I'd like to take this opportunity to invite um, both of you guys back on, Lee, of course, and, and Will, uh, and we'll arrange a date, maybe even next Friday, but we'll you know, talk to Cornell and Amanda. We'll try to make that work whenever you guys can do it. Uh, let's continue sure. this conversation. It's fabulous. Um, what a discussion. I mean, this is enlightening. I think this is important. I think it's a very important discussion to be to have and to get out there, uh, more so some a lot of the other topics that we've been covering on the show, which are also, in, from social reasons, important, of course. But, but this is, this is yes. fabulous, and this is something it that is. Everybody, everybody and their mother and brother and sister and kid can get involved in and be part of, and I think it's an important discussion to have, and what an enlightening conversation this is and has been. So I want to uh, continue it, and if we can make that happen well, if, again. If I may, um, just very briefly, go ahead. I want to thank you both, because at a time right now where um, information is, is being distorted, there are beacons of hope, and, and I believe that these, these, the technology that has enabled this revolution to rise and, and for wrongs to be righted, Yes. And voices like yours to come forward and listen to people. Absolutely. Um, I think you're on the right side of history, and I'm really grateful that you gave us this platform to, to tell our story. Oh, thank you, because we feel exactly the same way. We're very passionate about, you know, setting things right in the world. And, and you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a very deep individual like yourself, 
and uh, Anne is very deep in that sense too, believes in humanity, passionate about it all. Uh, so it's amazing to have you back in, and, you know, express more on this because we do believe in helping any situation to, to progress and, and, and better humanity in whatever way we can. That's what we do here. Hallelujah. And we, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. folks. So, so we 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 got a roll. We're gonna. It's been a great week all together uh, here on the um, Andy Demander Show. Monday, uh, we're trying something uh, that we've never done before in a year and a half of doing the show, and that is I'm going to be calling in remotely from Michigan, and Amanda, of course, will be in the um, in the UK. I will be in Michigan Monday. And we'll be doing the show from, as opposed to Hollywood, we'll be doing it from uh, Michigan and the UK. And I'll be calling in remotely. And we're going we're gonna to try this. We're at our scheduled time, which is, I guess, noon uh, Eastern Daylight Time and at 5 p.m. Um, in the UK. Uh, so stay tuned for that show on Monday. We're going to be addressing uh, a bunch of topics. Of course, whatever happened in the news over the weekend, we'll be addressing that, plus some other things we want to touch upon um, that we've been talking about this week. And uh, and I want to take the opportunity again to invite uh, both Lee Van Dusen and Will Loback back on the show. Uh, I can't commit to a date here, but I'd like to, you know, invite you back next Friday. But we'll talk about that. Um, anyway, um, thanks so much for joining me. <laughs> this has been wonderful, and um, and um, you know, those of you who enlightening. To this, enlightening, and and a lot of our listeners across many, many platforms hear this as a podcast around the world, including our new 2% listener share in China. So, um, hope, hey, hope you're learning something about what we're doing over here. Hey, uh, guys, real quick, uh, we tried to call the the, uh, the Chinese embassy on, um, on, uh, on Wednesday's show to see if they were uh, uh, cyber attacking our country, but they wouldn't answer the phone. Anyway, we did try. <laughs> we did. We really did. <laughs> we were just going to ask them point blank. I bet you did. <laughs> I don't know anything about what you're One even talking about. At a time. <laughs> so, so anyway, that we maybe we'll try that again next week. But anyway, folks, um, thanks for listening. Amanda, take us home. Thank you again. Lee Van Dusen, Will Loback, great. Christy, it's been a wonderful show, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Amanda, take us on home. Okay, so on behalf of Andy Kimball in California, Hollywood, and myself, Amanda Love, here in the UK, again, thanks to Greg, Will, and Lee. We love you guys. Thanks to all our listeners for tuning in, and join us again on Monday's show. Have an amazing weekend. Take care. Keep smiling. Do the right thing. Bye-bye now. Have fun. Oh, invest. Bye, guys. (laughs) 